Marinovich, your host. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. In this podcast series, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, outline some insight about early development, and talk about life as a parent or caregiver in these early years of parenthood. The mission of Strength in Words is to provide peace of mind you already have everything you need to support the infants and toddlers in your life. As a parent or caregiver of an infant or toddler, you want to make sure you're doing it right. But everywhere you look, there's another learning toy or fancy subscription box that you don't have room for, you feel guilty you can't afford, or that your child seems to lose interest in all too quickly. You want to support your baby's development, but you struggle to find the right toys or enough time and energy to do it. You just want the map to get through these first few years and find more joy in the journey as well. If any of this rings true for you, you're in the right place. Right now, I'm giving away my free Infant Toddler Development Blueprint, a straightforward guide that will help you discover the four major areas of development in the first three years of life and what's involved in each of those areas. Find out what you can do to support development using what you already have in your home. Learn how to follow my four-pillar framework to maximize the time you're already spending with your tiny human and much, much more. If you're ready to boost your infant or toddler's learning, stop feeling like you're winging it all the time and simplify your life, head to strengthinwords.com blueprint and download my free infant toddler development blueprint today. If you enjoy this episode, I hope you'll take just a moment of your time to leave a review on iTunes. This allows us to reach more families and share our values of education, inclusivity, simplicity, and respect when it comes to early learning and early parenthood. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to a yallet, hello to the singers, hello, 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 hello to the babies, hello to the toddlers, hello, hello, hello. Today we've got a special guest on Strength in Words, Sophia Salazar, a self-care advocate and coach and co-founder of Birth Baby Body. Let's welcome her to the show. Hello to Sophia, hello to Sophia, hello, 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 hello to all our old friends, hello to all our new friends, hello, 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 one last time. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. Today, I am speaking with Sophia Salazar, a self-care advocate, life coach, mother, partner, and former motorcyclist, world traveler, photographer, New Mexican transplant, women's college graduate, and so many other things. (laughs) Sophia believes that birth, pregnancy, and motherhood is a unique opportunity to harness and share your creative power as a woman. She is the co-founder of Birth Baby Body, an online educational platform for pregnant and new moms. Sophia, uh, thank you for being here. Welcome to Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I have asked you to come onto the show today to speak to us about self-care and sustainability in early parenthood. But 
first, I would love it if you could just tell us a bit more about you and how you got into the work that you're doing yeah, today. Yeah, so um, basically, long story short, when I got pregnant, I had uh, really intense prenatal anxiety. And then uh, we ended up in the NICU with our newborn. And that was really hard. And then about eight months postpartum, I had postpartum, I started to get postpartum anxiety, uh, really terribly. And so uh, during that time, I was searching for uh, answers to enhance my own wellness and enhance my own self care. I birthed through a birthing center and in the birthing center model, there is a community that's available to you. We had prenatal yoga classes and all that sort of thing. And there was a lot of postpartum support, even when I was in the NICU. And I kept wondering, like, how do we bring that to other women who may be suffering like I am, or just to people in general who are just stressed out by being new parents? And so that led me to Dr. Catherine Milo, who's a pediatric chiropractor who had the same ideas that I did in terms of bringing online education to people, or rather education about self-care and wellness to people online and um, doing that by having a hub for that type of education and not just focusing on birth prep or pregnancy stuff. But the whole thing, yes. really. Which Taking, is so, uh, yeah, a yeah. more comprehensive view of pregnancy, preconception, birth, and postpartum and, no, and understanding that postpartum is any time after you have a child, <laughs> not just for six weeks. Yes, and we have a, a another episode on that with a wonderful uh, Dr. Kat Kayani, who's a, a maternal health and postpartum perinatal expert. So yay. So this really is, again, we're looking at things holistically. I think oftentimes we do feel like, oh, you're pregnant and then you have a baby. And those are two separate things. But of course, they're all pieces of the same pot. And we feel very different after we've had a child. We're different people. We have a big, big shift in our own personal identity. So I would love for you to speak a little bit, first of all, just to define for us in your mind mm -hmm. that term self-care. Because I think you know, over the last few years, it's become a big buzzword in the whole wellness space. But really, what does self-care entail? And what does it so, mean to you? Self-care is anything that you do for yourself that promotes physical, emotional, mental, financial and professional well-being. So this is the part where I take a more comprehensive view. It's not about just like getting a massage. I mean, obviously, and I think that if you're part of the wellness community, like you're, you're understanding that self-care is a little bit more comprehensive than that. But it's something that like, it's a daily practice. It's not a luxury. Uh, it's not, you know, a vacation in the summer. It's not like alone time once every couple of months. It's, it's not that. It's creating a habit of wellness. And that looks differently to different people. It depends on what brings you, you know, fulfillment, spiritual, like fills your own personal cup. Um, and so I, I often use the analogy, you know, when you're sitting on a plane and they're telling you like to, to prepare for the oxygen mask and all that sort of thing, I always say like, put your own oxygen mask on first before helping other people. The same thing goes to like filling your own cup first, because then you'll have something to give to others. And I think oftentimes we get very depleted, especially when you're taking care of other people. And and I understand that like in having a child, like things change and sometimes you do go, your own personal self gets put to the back a little bit because that baby is a priority, but it's remembering like, oh, you're still there. 
and you still need to fill that cup in order to be able to give to not only your child, but to your relationship, to your career, and to your friendships. And yeah. so I think, yeah, I Definitely. think I just think it's a little bit more comprehensive. And I think that there are things that we can do to ensure that we're practicing self care every day. And um, that has to do with understanding like our own personal values and emotions and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So all right, how the heck do you do that? <laughs> yeah. How can we create sustainable self care habits? And is that the same thing as finding balance, quote unquote? Uh, so I, I, uh, I think the term balance is very misleading. I think it often makes us think of like a pie chart or, uh, you know, or the scales where it's like, where you have to equally give to all parts of your life, and that's somehow balance. But rather, I like to reframe it and think about personal sustainability, because what is sustainable for you is different than what's sustainable for my life, one. And two, we have to take into consideration the season of life that we're in. This is something that uh, the leadership coach, Michael Hyatt, talks about when you're thinking of making any kind of goal or different kind of change in your life is you know, right now, if, if you're a parent, like that's the season of life that you're in. And that like prioritizing different things in your life is going to look differently than it, when it did in your 20s, or what it's going to look like in your 60s. And so you really have to be cognizant and take that into consideration. The other thing is, if you're looking at sustainability, and you're thinking like, okay, well, how do I prioritize wellness and self care? You have to take a look at your values what is most and values are what's really important to you in your life, your convictions, that sort of thing. Uh, again, they're they differ for different people. My values, my top three values right now are stability, security, creativity, and giving. And then when you have you identify your values, in order to create less psychological stress for yourself, you act according to your values, because when you don't act according to your values, that causes cognitive dissonance, which is psychological stress, right? So when you're acting according to your values, then things start to kind of feel more in line. And what I believe is that we as a society don't value self-care. So it's going to be, <clears throat> so Definitely. it's going to take a little extra work to say like, oh, personal wellness is actually a really important thing in my life. And it's a value. And once you identify that, then you can start taking action toward it. So for me, I am an introvert mostly. <laughs> and I'm also highly sensitive. And I know that my you know, self care wellness involves having alone time when I exercise, for example. Yeah, I do like go to a gym, but I like to stretch in the morning by myself. You know, some people maybe differently, maybe you like to go out and jog with a group of people. You really have to be self aware to understand like, what's your personality? Like, what are your tendencies towards and then, you know, and what fills your own personal cup. Um, and, and one thing I want to point out is like when you're taking action towards your values, and we all know this, emotions, certain emotions come up, right? There are always emotions in life. And um, I think we, we easily label them into like positive and negative emotion, but I just consider them all human emotion. And, you know, we'll talk about the challenging emotions 
in terms of, you know, feeling like you're resentful, right? Like, I think that's a thing that comes up for a lot of women is, or parents, you know, stay at home parents, uh, etc., who feel like, oh, I'm doing all of the, you know, management of the household, and this other person isn't stepping up, or, you know, why am I always stuck with the dishes? Or, you know, and one partner may may feel like, why am I always stuck with planning all of the social events or whatever? You know, those kinds of emotions that come up. One thing that I think we have to keep in mind, not just as parents, but as human beings, is to learn how to lean into the emotion and really sit with it and validate it and say, hey, emotion, like I see you and I hear you, just like you would with a good friend. Like if a good friend came over to you and they were stressed out and you wouldn't just be like, no, you know, I just, I can't, I don't want to hear you right now. It's funny, I actually had a friend do that to me yesterday. (laughs) I was... (laughs) And it was I can't deal with your emotions. It was it was really it was a tough conversation. And she was not in a psychological space to listen to my difficult emotions. And I understand and I respect that. And that was hard and I cried afterwards. And I think that we could have And actually Yeah, yeah. I mean I think (laughs) Yeah, to under she was practicing self care and I I was I think responding with self care in terms of like, oh, I understand this really difficult emotion. And I'm going to sit here with it instead of trying to push it away, which I think that we, we've learned how to do, um, whether it's like, you know, as simple as like, you know what, I'm not going to think about that. I'm just going to scroll through Facebook mindlessly, or, you know what, I'm just going to have another glass of wine, you know, whatever it is that, you know, for me a long time ago, it used to be like adrenaline kind of sports, you know, I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to go ride my motorcycle, you know, that kind of thing. We numb instead of dealing with the issues at hand, which I mean, we do, I think, as you mentioned, we do very well in our society. Yeah. We tackle the symptoms and not the underlying And this comes really from the work of Dr. Susan David, who wrote a book called Emotional Agility. She she has a TED Talk also that you can look up that summarizes the concept of her book. But she talks about not just trying to be positive all the time, which I think our society is very attached to right now of like, no, you have to be, you have to be happy. That's the whole point. You have to be thinking positively about things. And the reality is like the reality of life is more complex than that. We have the range of human emotions. And uh, when you acknowledge all of them, not just the positive ones, then you yourself feel more psychologically validated. Even if somebody, especially I think also when you have a partner, you're discussing difficult emotions with so mm-hmm. I think yeah. in this process of, of self-care and creating self-care rituals and habits that so you're remembering to be compassionate with yourself and to listen to yourself kindly and to validate and and say like, you know, that your whole human experience is a valid experience. Yes, absolutely. I think so often we see on social media, for instance, and, and every kind of media, we see these, especially when it comes to motherhood or parenthood in general, it's like either this, like, I'm so happy and my baby's so beautiful and I'm so glowy, or this like super snarky, yeah, you know, oh, uh-huh. F this, like, and nothing in between, right? When we have to, when we can have these conversations about everything in between, that's where I think, for me, the kind of self-care that I like to engage in, that's where it happens for me. And that's where I can yeah. feel 
sustain and um what's the word like a, uh fulfilled, yeah fulfilled. i think it's also just that like idea of being yeah. heard and seen for who you are and for your own yeah experience. absolutely like your experience is valid um and and i think as you mentioned with media particularly with social media because we can curate our lives really well on social media and you know portray whatever we want to, I think it's very difficult to be the person to say, hey, well, actually, this is the reality. And I think it's funny because I had this conversation with a friend yesterday about how, you know, I was talking about how much of a difficult time I've been having because I feel like I need more community in my life. And I was essentially complaining about the places in my life that don't have community or support, you know. And at one point, she kind of stopped me and said, well, wait a second, like, you, you need to be grateful. You need to like, let's just, let's do a gratitude exercise right now. Tell me one thing you're grateful for. And I was like, no, 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 You don't understand. This has nothing to do with that, with not being grateful. I'm absolutely grateful. I love, you know, my family, my daughter, et cetera, et cetera. However, or rather not even however, and I am also feeling these very strong mm -hmm. emotions. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And I had people mm -hmm. tell me, exactly. very close people and yeah. tell me, you know, to my face, like, oh, your anxiety, your, your thoughts about these things, that's a weakness in you. And I don't see it that way. I see it as like, this is part of my whole human experience. We've been taught to see it as a weakness in ourselves. Mm -hmm. If you read of any Brene Brown's work on vulnerability and shame, like you know about this, that we, anytime anybody talks about anything negative that they're experiencing, people want to really pull back from that and be like, like, it's almost like contagious or something, you know, and say like, oh, no, 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 I, you know, and really it's like it because it makes us uncomfortable. It's a difficult discussion and conversation to have and to sit with somebody else's very strong emotions. Even even strong um, positive emotions sometimes for people is difficult, and so I. I was going to say I think we have this tendency to to want to solve a problem for somebody else, and if we can give it a label, then we feel as the recipient of that information like we've done our job somehow. But I think what you're saying is so true that sometimes just labeling the emotion, labeling, putting it out there, how you're feeling. And this is different from just venting, right? It's sharing information yeah. that that can be very, very useful. And when we find a community around a feeling, then together we can share experiences instead of that advice, right? We can share ideas and ways that things that have worked for one person or another and, and try those out. And yeah, I think, um, I think you're right in terms of like this idea of like wanting to be seen and heard. I think in addition to that, and my mistake in my conversation yesterday with my friend, and I let her know this afterward, is that I didn't ask her permission to listen to my story. And I think we often forget that, especially with close friends and family. We just assume like, oh, you're ready all the time to hear whatever I have to say. Day. And I, I'm mindful, particularly as a life coach, because I listen to people's experiences a lot, to remember to ask for permission. Mm. Um, so what you know, I like? can have, I, yesterday in that example, I could have just easily said, hey, are you in a psychological place or an emotional place or just a place right now to listen to a difficult story I have to share with you? And she could have said, you know what? No, I'm really stressed out. I actually just listened to this other difficult story, you know, but maybe we can talk tomorrow. And I would have to sit with the like, okay, well, this person is not willing to hear me out right now. But you know what? I have a network in a community 
And I can reach out to another person I know who is willing to listen at this moment. And she has the right to see that she is not, I think often we get very confused that like people are obligated to us in somehow, you know, that our partners are obligated to listen to us all the time, that our friends are obligated to understand and listen and all that sort of thing. And I think we forget to, to just ask. Yeah, that's really, that's such an interesting point. Yeah, I love that you said that. I think that it just makes us more mindful shares. And again, I think there's also experiences where you can't ask permission. I was thinking about this recently, because somebody asked my advice about it. And, you know, I think there are experiences I know I've experienced in my own personal life tragedies, where nobody asked me permission to share that tragedy with me, because I witnessed it with my own eyes, or I was, you know, close to the people it happened to or something. And I think those those are very difficult moments. But what really helps in those moments is being able to reach out to people who can listen. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so Sophia, let's just take a break to hear a word from our sponsors, and then we will hear just a few tips and resources from you about easing into that transition of new parenthood, as well as some of our favorite resources for families interested in learning about this topic, okay? We weren't meant to parent in isolation. The Strength and Words Community Lab brings you peace of mind you have what matters when you need it most. We are your parenting brain trust, the place where you can have adult conversations about your baby's babbling and where you're lifted up rather than bogged down. If you're a parent or caregiver with an infant and or a toddler, we are both an early parent support and parent education hub. We're a group of families connected by the shared experience of early parenthood and strong believers in the notion that having a positive, nurturing place to discuss all things early parenthood and early childhood can make us each stronger. The Community Lab is an all-in-one resource that is not one-size-fits-all. Join us in finding more joy in the mayhem at community.strengthandwords.com. Okay, Sophia, we would love to hear your top tips for practicing self-care in all areas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, when you're trying to institute something new, you have to assess where you're at. Because if you don't know where you're at, you can't know where you're going. And so I would just, there's an exercise you can do. It's called the Wheel of Life. It's basically a circle that you draw and on the outer rims of the circle, you you write all of the aspects of your life. So the large areas, right? Career, family, partnership, friendships, spirituality, etc. And then you write a point in the center and that's zero. That would indicate zero. And the point on the outer rim of the circle would indicate 10. And so to each of those areas of your life, you rate how fulfilled you feel in that area, how uh, satisfied, so to speak. And that gives you a really good idea. And then you connect the dots and it gives you a really good idea of like, oh, you know, my spirituality is at a 10 and I feel very happy and fulfilled with that part of my life, but my career is at a one. And so I think no, that that gives you kind of a nice, very like big overview to say, oh, you know, what? I really want to work on this part of my life and really focus on the self-care aspect of that. Again, I think you have to make self-care value and wellness a value. And then once you start, for example, if let's say your own personal wellness is at a one and you want to like your health and you want to increase that, then you would start taking action toward, you know, enhancing your health, whether that's like signing up for a gym membership or or so on and so forth. In terms of, I think self-care is like nuanced in each of those. 
And so if it's, let's say like professional fulfillment, like I believe like I need professional fulfillment in my life in order to feel happy and, and fulfilled. And so what do I need to do for myself in order to enhance that professional fulfillment may involve, you know, reading one leadership book a week. And that's my self care time. That's my self, you know, care professional time for you. It may be something having to do like you personally, like with your community, or maybe you do yoga in the morning. I do. Uh, one thing that's really easy to do uh, in the morning or in the evening at the end of the beginning of the day, a gratitude exercises. People talk about this all the time because it's shown to increase like your letter levels of happiness and stuff and thinking of three things that you're grateful for. The other thing is like alone time, winding down time. I love that I have a mom friend who she takes five minutes every morning with her cup of coffee. That's her alone. That's her little space for her. For other people, it may be a swim, a jog, you know, but it is not, you know, like scrolling mindlessly through Facebook alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's also not like going to get a yeah, massage, I think that's right? Part of it. This is, we're talking about taking some time to just like be with yourself and be present with yourself or, or not really. I mean, because I think what's the difference really in your eyes between the mindless scrolling and the mind. I think they both have their place, right? I think that sometimes like, you get so overwhelmed with everything in your life and all of your responsibilities, like mindlessly scrolling through Facebook feels like a break. And I think, I think it has its right. place, but I think what I'm talking about is like, just like, you know, meditation has its place and all that sort of thing. I think just being aware of that and not seeing it, like you're using it as a numbing, like, I don't want to feel my emotions. I don't, I don't even want to like, you know, this whole idea of like being, with myself is so much that I just can't do it. And you know, that's some people's realities at some point. And if that's your reality, then you baby step if yeah. you want to go to that place of being more with yourself. This wheel of life chart, which we will link to in the show notes as well. And I'll mm -hmm. place here in the community lab. I love that it has all these different areas. Because again, like you said, if you're at if you're rating yourself like a one in everything, including family, intimate relationship, friends, finances, all those things you mentioned, then yeah, it's going to yeah. take baby steps. Yeah. And again, it, you know, it may areas. not all get like to a 10 all at once. And that's your perfect life. Like we all know, you know, life is crazy. And it has ups and downs. It's unpredictable. But I think the the point is like, are you 100%, you know, putting 100% like effort, not even effort, like presence in whatever you're doing right now. You know, if I'm with my child right now, I am fully with my child. If I'm focusing on my work right now, I'm fully with my work. And I, I think that presence of mind really helps quell any, you know, anxiety and stress and it and it takes practice. And it really calls that yeah. that feeling of overwhelmed because your mind isn't always like I'm with my child, but I'm also with my finances and all the bills and the things I have to do today. There's a, a practice one of my mom friends does that I absolutely love. And that is when she drives on her way home from work to daycare to pick her children up or school, she has a marker, a physical, literal marker on the way that she is a sign for her to say, okay, this is the point where you stop thinking about work and you start start thinking about your children. And then from here on, you know, from the stop sign here on out to the school is I'm focusing on the children. I'm, you know, we're going to talk about their day, etc. I'm fully present with them. Before that, I can, I can think about work and all the meetings and I can think about, you know, the projects that I'm working on. And I love that. Like I, I practice that every day and it's a struggle. I mean, it's not perfect. But that's 
love that. That's that. I love that. That's like a a solid, literally yeah. a physical marker it, that you can. Because I think like, it's here too we easy, go. particularly yeah, in this day and age, especially if you're somebody who has work on online all the time. You know, where it's just too easy to be like, well, I'm I'm waiting in the parking lot for them, so I'm just going to check that email, that work email, or I'm just going to give so and so a call, and then you're just you're not you're not present. You're not in like this space with us right now. <laughs> Um, and, and literally with some of my coaching clients, I will like, we'll do these exercises where it's like mindfulness exercises, right? Where are you present? Like, Hey, come back with us actively listen to what we're talking about. Yeah. So all, for all of you listening to the podcast, <laughs> half listening and half dealing with your children, this is for you. No, okay. I know. And great. it's funny because like, you know, <laughs> I almost feel like this is like an inherent part of like our modern parenthood, right? Is like you, you're juggling a zillion things and you may not have family nearby to help you. And, and you're also like trying to maintain relationships both in person and online. And, and I think that's where we just have to like really step back and like simplify a little bit. Yeah. Totally. I love that this is the direction that we're going in this conversation as far as the self-care piece. Like that, it's all, it's about the simplicity and the sustainability. And I think you were saying that one of your values, did you say it was uh, right, well, um, right now, is that right? uh, it's or am I uh, stability. No worries. That's my husband's value though. He is all about simplicity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what a great exercise, simple exercise mm -hmm. that you can do to enhance that intimate relationship part of the wheel, right? Right? Identify your values with someone with whom you are yeah. in your intimate relationship, whether that's your yeah. partner or a work, a colleague, whatever it is. It's like, funny I because it, it actually is a more challenging exercise than you'd think, because I think it's really like if I asked you, like, what's really important to you in your life? What would you say, for example? I would I mm. would say respect. I would say simplicity is definitely one okay uh, so this is great because you have the words for that a lot of people don't have the words for that and, and instead have the action so I'll often ask people like what is really important to you right now and they're like well you know I wish I could travel the world that travel is really important to me and it's like well that's the action let's let's distill that down to the value and that value may be adventure or openness or curiosity or exploration and then so you know and exploration yeah travel is part of that but maybe it's also like making new friends and uh, you know trying out new types of food like there's just so much more to that and I a really great exercise if you're not if you're not sure what the values are but you have more actions in mind is to write down a little story about you giving a speech at your 90th birthday party to your friends and family members about everything that you uh, did in your life and so the story obviously may not be like maybe it's a paragraph or maybe it's six pages i tried it once and i kept writing and i for me there's just a lot of things that i want to do in my life and uh then you start to circle the, the things that are actions and say like 90 year old sophia you know wanted to write a book and so what is that that's like the creativity part of me and once you circle mm -hmm. those actions and you can just distill them down to your values and that's a helpful way to get a little perspective on what's truly important to you that's nice and for anyone who's here and listening or anyone who's listening in the future, we'd love to hear what are your three values? Let's let's hear those. So you can share them right here in the chat if you are interested in sharing 
or you can share them by responding in the comments uh, or emailing me at ayelet at strengthandwords.com. Even if you have an action, then we can, I can also help you say like, oh, this is, this may be a value in this. Any more specific tips that you have for us or shall we move on to some resources you'd like to share? Um, I think one having to do with finances. Uh, I think this is a very difficult conversation uh, that people are, try to avoid (laughs) is to, to make a really like an under like really understand where you are at with your finances because it's the the resources that allow you or give you the space, time and and energy even to be able to do the things that you want to do in your life including self-care. So for example, for you, you know, if you know you need to be in a gym in order to like enhance your own physical wellness, that means you need a gym membership. And if you need a gym membership and you don't have one, that means you need to know what your budget is like for a gym membership. And I Uh, This is coming from a person who used to be extremely financially irresponsible (laughs) and uh, got $30,000 into debt and I paid it off all last year. And it is very, I think, easy, particularly now, right, to be able to say, you know what, I don't really know where my finances are. I'm just going to spend this and then kind of deal with it later. I think that happens a lot. And then I know also in relationship, it's hard to have financial discussions with your partner. So making a like an assessment and looking at the numbers, like the hard numbers of what you are, where you are at right now, and then making a conscious effort to move the needle toward that wellness goal, if it's a gym membership, if it's a regular massage, you know, thing, if it's a buying this really cool gratitude journal, I don't, you know, whatever it is, or taking a trip, because I think then oftentimes we get limited by our resources. And that causes in, you know, I mean, that causes a lot of stress to be limited in that way and feeling like you're not able to take care of yourself because you don't have the financial resources to do it. Yeah. One thing that I hear all the time from parents is, is the limited resource of time, which of course I, I also deal with that and you do I'm sure and that's a hard one because then it's all about really fitting in the little pieces I that's why I love the like the example that you gave and actually uh we had a recent podcast with Shannon Shern of Savage Wellness about self-care and family wellness and one thing that she does also is sit with her cup of coffee and her children's play and the mm-hmm. she gets five minutes <laughs> it and then she's fine yeah. she's like okay for the day but I love the like little a few guided meditations are always wonderful and just that like literally the physical marker of okay when do we switch another really useful tool especially if anybody on here is in like into productivity kind of tools that I personally use and it was actually invented by a mom to help her child tell time is called the time timer tells oh, time great. in color essentially <laughs> and I love it because that's the way that I think about time and I use it with my daughter to say like okay you know you have five minutes here when the red goes away she's two when the red goes away that's when we stop this task and we move on to our, our next task because then there you know it creates like okay now we're wrapping up there's an end to things but it also allows uh, gives me that space and time to be like okay she can be focused on this for five minutes and I can focus on this other thing and I think going also back to like yeah time is extremely limited I think it does go back also to financial resources because 
what would create more time in your life? Maybe having an extra date night, maybe having a babysitter come in, uh, maybe having more daycare hours or getting into a different kind of school or after school program or, you know, all of those kinds of things. And again, that goes back to like this financial assessment, like where can we fit that in, in a way that's not stressful? Yeah. And it doesn't have to look a specific way. There are, there is flexibility around all of those things. Nice. All right. We want to hear a few of your favorite resources. So um, the book that I mentioned earlier, Emotional Agility by Dr. Susan David, and she has a TED Talk that she did last year. She's um, a psychologist out of Harvard, and she she created a coaching institute also affiliated with Harvard and her book is about being, I mean, the title emotionally agile and like leaning into uh, all human emotion, Uh, understanding that emotions are signposts, but they're not like the end all be all. So not to get like fully lost in them, but to understand that they're just messages from your body saying like, okay, and then acting according to your values. Then there's Hello My Tribe, which is something that was founded by a friend of mine here in Austin. And she she's created like a wellness community here in Austin. And I know she wants to expand, but she has an online presence that's really nice. And it, it just talks all about like wellness and motherhood. And she's actually, she's trying to get to speak at South by Southwest in 2019, if anybody's familiar with South by here in Austin. And then we have Birth Baby Body has a community of, of moms group on Facebook. And we focus on self-care and wellness. And something that's unique about our community is we bring in experts every week to talk about um, enhancing wellness in all aspects of pregnancy, birth, motherhood, from mental to physical health. So we have like pelvic floor specialists to like, you know, relationship people who deal with like marital stuff and all sorts of things. And you can ask questions. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Sophia. And also thank you to all of our community lab members who are here listening live. We're going to continue the discussion and open up for a Q&A session for you guys in just a minute. But for all of you listening from home or on the go, thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next time. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye bigger kids. Goodbye all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye I Alan. Goodbye to the music. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. The Strength in Words podcast brings you information, tips, and resources about all things early parenthood and early childhood. Don't forget to download our free infant-toddler development blueprint by heading to strengthinwords.com blueprint today. If you haven't yet done so, please do leave a review of the Strength in Words podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. And after you've done that, go ahead and share Strength in Words with a friend or colleague. See you next time.